What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turned Arms Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf down in Bermuda. What did you think of the week? Camille Vijegas yeah, hasn't been a name since I was a youngin. I was a youngin, you know, messing around on the, you know, high school, junior golf team practices, whatnot, practicing the spider. And this guy just beat Alex Noren, Matt Schmid, Adam Scott, and a whole slew of other names. And it's confusing because he's had two weeks in a row where he's shown that age is just a number, like at the end of last year. And it's very, very confusing, but I'm here for it. Yeah, the last time Camilo Vizegas was relevant, I'm pretty sure like 80% of the people I knew were prepubescent. So it's uh it's been a solid amount of time between that. But it was a it was a great win for him. Uh it was a very interesting week in general. There were a lot of names kind of at the top of the board that didn't hang out at the top of the board. You know, you, you anticipated kind of those top tier names to really shine and not that they didn't, but they a lot of them just kind of middled their way into the to the week. And and I know you had one guy specifically who didn't play great, who you had in a lot of spots. Uh, I'll let you talk about him. But I guess the one big name that played solidly in the end of it all, even though it didn't look like that for most of it, was Adam Scott. Um, he did finish T5. Um, so that was a good finish from him. Outside of that, I mean, who was your who was your guy that surprised you that played well, and then the guy that surprised you that Camille? Well, outside, all right, yeah. outside Camille. No, I think there were a bunch of guys. Um, you know, a guy like Stuart Sink who kind of popped up. Fred Biondi was another yeah. guy. Um, a couple of the guys that I placed bets on, maybe for an adverse reason that if you were here <laughs> last week, you would know. All those guys seem to have really good round, like DA points. The last time DA points was recognized was the fact that he did disqualified from Pebble in the U.S. Open. Robert Garrigus made the cut. Um, who's the who's the um, who's the bald guy that I he Ted Potter Jr. made the cut. Both Brian Bowes made the cut, which is awesome, by the way. And the fact that PGA Tour only showed them on Instagram instead of coverage was a mistake, in my opinion. But those are guys at the Greg Cock. Like these guys are at the bottom of the barrel on DFS, scrounging by cuts, and even some got placement points. It's confusing, blew my mind, but shout out to them. I I would have loved to see the Bryan brothers to like paired together on one of the days as a featured group, but like no, that's 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 too easy. And like, who wants good ratings in the fall? Like that's that's not fun. Um, but yeah, a lot of the surprising names that really kind of kind of stuck out up there. You mentioned a few of them, D.A. Points and Ted Potter Jr. You're like, dude, what? Um, I'm going to I'm going to point out Stadler, you know, yeah, Kevin Stadler. You're like, all right, this is this is washed. Uh, I'm going to point out the guy. I don't know if you said Dietrich who missed the cut. That was probably, I was getting there. OK, I was like, I was like, we got to talk about your that. That's a tough miscut on your end. Um, he was really kind of the the big name that stood out. I'm trying to think. Did am I mixing up weeks? Didn't the gala play this past week and missed a cut? He did not. No. Is that two weeks ago? Maybe Correct. two weeks ago. I was thinking about. Um, I'm trying to think of the other name, big names that missed a cut. Again, it was a pretty weak field, all things considered. Um, so maybe Dietrich was the only major one that sticks out to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were guys like. Harry Hall, that in theory being a putting contest, should have made the cut there. Yeah. Sam Bennett was one that was brought up a lot in the golf community. Um, 
maybe a guy, MJ Defue, if you're really into kind of management play or Tano Goya, but I would say that the big guy here is Dietrich. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's get into to DraftKings and FanDuel here and kind of look through what what your lineups did for the week and uh, if you want a little bit of money. Yeah, so DraftKings, no, because we had Dietrich. We had Brent Grant and Oliver Betchart that missed the cut. Betchart didn't play terrible. He's an 18-year-old kid that shot six over. If you take away that 240-yard par three, he was within three of the cut. Which is crazy to think about three or four of the cut. I can't remember offhand. So, you know, that was a risky one. No, I didn't make money. But FanDuel, adversely, we did great on. We did have Dietrich in there. That kind of took us down. But we had Akshay, 20. We had Alex Noren, who finished runner-up. Vincent Whaley was top 10. Biondi was top 10. um, Or, excuse me, top 15. So four guys making placement points in a DFS lineup like that was really good. I honestly don't even know what Nick Hardy finished. Uh, 45th. So I got five out of six. Um, I'll take that all day. Make some money. Yeah, that FanDuel lineup was solid. Biondi ended up being an elite-level kind of pull for you there. Um, And I know that with him and Noren kind of combined, I'm sure that was a nice little uh, little leg to stand on in order to win a nice amount of money. And Whaley. Whaley was eighth. Was Whaley eighth? Okay, I knew he was up there. I was I lost focus of exactly how high up he was. Uh, I didn't see it on my list here, but I know he played pretty well. Um, all right, for my DraftKings and my FanDuel, uh, my DraftKings was solid. No, nothing spectacular. I did go six for six on making the cut, um, which basically does guarantee you money as long as you don't have six guys finish 65th. Um, and I didn't. I had Batia T20, a couple guys T30, and Herbert Smalley Malnati. And then I had Kelly Craft and Armor, Ryan Armor, both finished T53. Um, so nothing spectacular. I actually missed out on single entries by one spot. Um, but I did hit the double ups and, you know, basically made my money back there. For FanDuel, I won money as well. Um, I went five for six. My only guy that ended up missing the cut was Nick Dunlap, who was the sophomore out of Alabama, um, and he missed it on the number. So I was pretty comfortable with that. Or maybe he was minus three. Point point being, he was right there in the, you know, again, a stroke or two off. And one ball goes one way or another on a putt, and he probably makes it. Um, got carried there by Adam Scott, who finished T5. And then, again, a lot of the same guys, T20 out of Batia, T30 out of, out of Small and Malnati, T53 out of Kelly Craft. So solid week for me on the DFS front. Um, you know, you're winning your money back at least, and that's always the uh, the nice part. Next week, we'll try and gain a little bit on those single entries. Absolutely, and we'll jump right into bets. Yep. And I think that based on golf rules, which is the leader always um, takes the box, Liam, you didn't have a birdie. He didn't have an eagle. You had an albatross this week. Yeah. Under. Go take it. Yeah. I did the, uh, the Mike – the Mike Breen, uh, you know, bang right at the end of the fourth quarter here with Steph Curry. I, I went three for three this week. Um, I had Peter Malnati, top 40. That was a win. Again, he finished T30. Um, I had Brandon Wu, T40 at minus 125. He finished T30. That was a win. And then I had Alex Smalley, top 30 at minus 135. He did finish T30. Um, depending on the sports book you may have used, you may have only won your money back specifically and not additionally. Um, the sports book I used, I, I got it included because it was top 30 in ties. And so I, I won my money on that one. Um, so I went three for three. 
I'm up 3.34 units on the week. So I'm currently positive 2.44 units. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whew. We made it. Took about 14 weeks faster this time around than last year, but Liam is in the positives, which is somebody screenshot this. Um, I did not do so well this week, which pod-wise we're up, which all that matters. Yep. Um, I thought the Adam Scott, Akshay, and Dietrich made cut parlay was probably the lock of the decade. Dietrich, I, I, I don't know. Too, by the way. I felt really nice on that one, but turns out Dietrich ended up being the... Dietrich, uh, man. The and he shot four under on Friday, so yeah. that was just hard. Um, Akshay top... Th- all of my placement ones hit, so Akshay top 30 was a good one. Noren top 30 was a great one. Matai Schmid top 40 was a great one. Then I had a lot of missed cuts. Um, just overall, we went down 1.53 units on the week. Um, still 8.25 up. CT Pan, shout out to you for missing the cut. Not rooting <laughs> for your downfall, but it helped. I calculated, again, a down 1.53 in the week. If the cut line moved to minus six, I was up. I, I think I take, I don't know the number offhand, like 4.4 units. Yeah, I want to say 5.3. It was an insane number. It was like a five or six unit swing. Um just based on the on the cut line there, but I think the cut the cut line staying at minus five with, you know, all those guys at T sixty two, ended up being Killed. a bigger downfall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had like Andrew Novak, uh, who's close. Ben Martin, close. You saying Dow, close. Peter Quest, I think was like eight under after the first round, so he was fine. And then Kevin Yu shooting like six over and then eight under, whatever the heck he did. He made it, and then he blew his way out on Saturday again. It was just so confusing to watch. I just, I really didn't know. He shot like one over. I, yeah. I was so mad. There were a few guys statistically where I sat there, and I was like, they shouldn't play well at Bermuda last week. Like Stuart Sink and Kevin Yu and guys like that. And I'm like, these guys don't fit this model well. But, like, I I don't know what it is, but it scares me. And then turns out they both played well, and, you know, it uh, – it, 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 you know, this is why golf betting's hard, but it's one of those with the weak field. I think that that's just an unfortunate draw that you ran into. And next, don't worry, he's only going to miss his next 12 cuts, probably knowing Kevin Yu. Yeah, exactly. I was looking for back to back redemption on that cut line number, but was not present when I checked. But all yeah. things considered, we're still up 8.25 units, and it's still November. We haven't even hit court. We haven't even hit the hero yet, which is the, in my opinion, the first unofficial big name. Just because yep. all those guys go. Okay, you got to cut that dog. That was so loud. Whew. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what happened. My phone just like blew up. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. The hero. Mark this time. Mark this time. 1945. Whatever. Um, yeah. I don't even know what I was going to say. We're Whew. going the hero being the first uh, or the unofficial. Oh. Start of the the tour year. Yeah, the hero um, being when all those guys come. Yeah, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, it's when all the, it's when all the big the big names come back. So I get it. Um, all right, you want to go? How'd your winners picks do this week? One well, good. We had Oxy T20 and then Dietrich, which again I thought was sugarcoating and stealing him all across this week. Missed the cut, which was terrible. Yeah. That that's gonna be one you look back on where I feel like you won't love it very much because I feel like you would have wanted to have used Dietrich in a, a different spot too. 
potentially. No, I no? I know the out. I, I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but that's true. That's it was true. tracking in the right direction, made cuts all over the world. I thought this was going to be a good resort course. He just sticks it, and he did not. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, my winners, nothing crazy. Herbert T30 or Lucas Herbert T30, Peter Malnati T37. Um, you know, you're not winning awards on that, but again, it's a weak field. You just need guys that are not, you know, monumentally losing you points. And I think that's kind of where my two winners picks put us. So, yeah. And you did track, I mean, your winners picks are for whatever reason, some of your best picks. So continue to put bets on them and they seem to be hitting. Yeah, exactly. It worked out well. Um, all right, what about wildcard picks? How'd, they, how'd yours do? I did put two in. Um, one, Brent Grant, top 30. He did miss the cut, which is unfortunate. And then Brian Gay, top 40, plus 325. That was a W. Midway through Thursday, I thought he was going to win the freaking tournament. And then he just had a meltdown like a six-year-old child in a grocery store. But still got in there. We still got our coin. That was awesome to see. Shout out, Brian Gay. 37th place. There you go. Yeah, he snuck in that top 40 for you. Uh, for my wildcard pick, I just stuck with the one that we've been doing. Uh, I did Ben Griffin top 10 at plus 250. Um, I just think he had a bit of upside if it all kind of came together. It didn't. I think he finished like T23rd or T30th. Um, it wasn't anything fancy. Maybe T37 even. Uh, but the point being is it just didn't come together for him. But that's fine. That was why he was a wildcard pick. Um, you know, he was just clearly too focused on TikTok for the week. So, all right, we're going into the RSM Classic. Let's do it. I am ready for this one because I got a buddy that works for RSM, so we like to text about this. There you go. We are going to Georgia. Uh, we're doing the RSM Classic. Uh, this this tournament's a, li a little different than most of the other tournaments so far to start the year. Um, there's going to be two courses, the Seaside Course and the Plantation Course. Um the seaside course is a par 70, totaling 7,050 yards. The plantation course is a par 72, totaling 7,050 yards. Again, the main course will be the seaside course, which is the par 70. They'll play that three days, um, and then everybody will play the plantation course one time, either Thursday or Friday. Uh, so one of the major things that you're going to want to keep an eye on here this week is actually the weather. Um, I did a quick little preliminary search. Thursday looks awful. It's going to be extremely rainy, and I think it will drastically affect the way the tournament goes down. If you're if you're starting Thursday at the seaside course in the rain, you will be at a severe disadvantage compared to the people that start Thursday at the plantation course and just play kind of middling. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, both courses, driving accuracy will be huge this week. Um, when you account for solid putting as well, those are kind of the two metrics I would look for. You want somebody with a high driving accuracy and a high strokes gain putting. Um, so those would be your metrics that I would use. Uh, last thing, and then we can get into, get into DraftKings. Uh, four of the last five winners of the RSM Classic have been first-time winners on the tour. So if you're looking at doing potential winners picks for this week, don't be afraid to pick a fresh face. That's all I'm saying. Like, they, if they haven't won yet, you know, sometimes it gets people a little weary. This is definitely the kind of course that that you could pick a new and fresh winner at. I like it. All right. Uh, we're going to go right into the DraftKings lineups. 
Yeah, let's go ahead and loop the, in my opinion, if you're cool with it, the um, 10 and 9K range, just because I think the top three and the 10K are pretty explainable of why they're in 10K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, I like that call. I mean, I'll go quickly into it, though. Uh, Ludwig, about, uh, clearly, clearly and easily above the other two, in my opinion, in that top three. But yeah, we can loop it all together. That's fine. Yeah, Ludwig Auberg, Cam Young, Brian Harmon are in the 10K range, and then it sneaks all the way down to Eric Cole. I think, I know you said there's going to be a potential for a good first-time winner, which I think truly can be the case. Yeah. I think that there is a, in my opinion, a 60% chance that we'll see a winner come from this bunch. I, I would I would agree with you. Um, I, I think, honestly, if if it came to me and I could pick two guys to win this and not have to think of any other repercussions for it, between Ludwig Auberg and Eric Cole, I could easily see one of the two of them winning. Yeah, those are the two guys that I really have my eye on in this tournament. Um, Eric Cole, number one, has just been dominant all year. I think his only missed cut, which for whatever reason shows up on DraftKings, yep. is a Corn Ferry event from last April. Have no idea why. Outside yeah. of that, he's had a runner-up, a third, a fourth, a 35th, and then whatever the heck he finished last week, um, which offhand I don't Oh, he didn't even play last week. Eric Cole didn't play last week. Um, you probably thought he played last week because the guy usually plays 65 tournaments a year. Um, but he actually did decide to take a week off for whatever reason. Good so. for him. Exactly. He deserves it considering he's now like a top 50 player on tour. Number 48. Is he 48? Oh, I knew it. I was close. I, it tells how disgustingly I've looked into the pga tour rankings and the and, and the how web. disgusting it is i know that offhand <laughs> yes yeah a little bit uh no i i think ludwig's the the clear choice he's got the driving distance he's solid with a putter um i think that he has got the accuracy to also hang really well in this type of a tournament um it kind of fits his play style and i think he can be very successful here uh, Cam Young has some driving accuracy concerns. He's also only played one time, and when he played, he finished T54th. Um, so he didn't play very well. Um, I, I think he could do well in a course like this. But again, I just don't think having a guy that's played one time in the last four months is somebody I'm like itching to go to go at play. that price too. Yeah, especially at the second highest price in the field. Um, thirdly, we have Brian Harmon. Uh, Brian Harmon's a bit of an interesting case because this is actually his hometown course. He plays here frequently. Um, he lives in Georgia, and he did finish runner-up here last year. Um, so if you go to him, I don't fully blame you. This is also his first tournament, though, outside of the Ryder Cup since the Tour Championship. Yeah, and he's the only top 10 player in the world, according to OWGR. We can get into that debate at a later time, um, playing in this event. Yeah, and so so he might be the best statistically um, and in the fact that this is a close course for him, but because it is his first tournament of the year, I'm kind of being hesitant on uh, pulling the trigger on that. You will, you will notice a lot when it comes to the names I like in in this field in, in general. Um, I'm preferring people that have been playing a lot more golf these last two to three months, as opposed to the guys that have played, you know, one tournament since the cha tour championship or haven't played since tour championship outside of like the Ryder cup. Um, those are the kind of names I'd like to see it from them first before I uh, really kind of dig into it with them. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just kind of simplifying the 10K range, kind of adverse what we just talked about. But I like I think Sorry. Ludwig Auberg 
even though his price is drastic, I think he's the number one player in this field and should have a stellar week. You know, seven for seven marked cuts, and his worst finish has been 13th. So don't fight that one. Just do it. Brian Harmon, I love him in this spot. Um, mm. First event coming back, home core. I think this is a confidence play. Weather might not be great, um, but I think that 15 under for Brian Harmon is going to be a cakewalk. You know, four rounds of four under. I think that's going to get him in contention here come. And I, I, I really love it. And again, last year at this time, I was on the Brian Harmon no bet watch. So I'm going back here. And I, I genuinely think he's going to do well and surpass some expectations. Because they're saying like 27th was his benchmark for placement, which I think is crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, I think Brian Harmon is going to play well. But I, I would like to see him play well when he's not reliant as the top guy in my lineups. Because that's kind of where his price lies. You know, if you if you pick him, you can't really pick anybody else in this top range outside of maybe like an Eric Cole. You could, if you structure your lineup, right. Um, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but for me, just really quickly, I think, and I'm sure you agree safe wise Ludwig and Brian Harmon, are the only two guys I'd caution to fight for in DFS play here. Yeah. Cam young. If you're starting at that price, I think you're just doing a risky lineup and fingers crossing it come Friday night that everyone on your team makes the cut. Um, I just, I don't, I think there's a lot more risk to the reward on that one. Yeah. I mean, it goes, I think it goes Auberg, Harmon, Young, and that's pretty, pretty simple. We'll just leave it Call at that. Call it um, All right. 9K Ranger, we kind of got already grouped together. We went over it. Um, I am nervous about two names in here. Both of them statistically look like they're going to be good matches on this course, but I just don't like the way they've, they've kind of fallen into this. Um, Henley statistically is ranked as the number like three golfer in this field. Um, Russell Henley is way too risky. In my opinion, he can easily finish first here. He can easily miss a cut. I understand he's played well here in the past, but I, I feel like Russell Henley is just extremely risky in the sense that he has not played yet this year. Um, and again, I would prefer to play guys that have just played, um, as opposed to that, uh, the other guy I don't love as much in this range is JT Poston. Um, he's had arguably elite level finishes recently with the third at Shriners, uh, but I'm not really falling for that trap. He's played here six times. He's only made the cut here once. And when he made the cut, he finished T53rd. So it's not like he's played elite level golf at this style of a course. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem to fit him. Um, so I'm going to do my best avoiding him method. Um, again, we've talked a little bit about Eric Cole. He's somebody I'm highly on this week. You know, he's got three top fours in his last four finishes. Um, I want to say he was fourth at the Fortnite, uh, T35 at Sanderson, third at Triners, and second at the Zozo. Now, you could say Zozo's not a cut, you know, a no-cut event, yada, yada, yada. He still finished second. Doesn't matter. Um, so I would, I would probably start with Eric Cole as my favorite in that option. Bone to pick with you about Henley. I get that he hasn't played this year. I understand yep. that concern, Yep. but man, was that guy dominant at the end of last year, his last four runner up sixth, eighth and 13th place. That like, guy was on a mission four months ago. You know, it was, it was 99 degrees at that point in time. Now it's snowing. Like it's an entirely different time of the year. I, I, I get it. I get it. But he also, we also tend to like him when he's in like the 7K range, not when he's the fourth most or fifth most expensive golfer in the field. 
Well, the reality is he's a top 25 golfer in the world. I think he's 25th in OWGR, 25th overall player in the world. I mean, comparatively to this field, this guy's doing it. Um, You can make the case for Brian Harmon. I get the argument that he hasn't played and you want to see a round. But I think that for Russell Henley, 25th OWGR, coming in with the placement that he's had, 9700 isn't an arguable price. I mean, it's it's relatively good. I think that him and Norin could have swapped. I think you could have made that argument just because of the actual play and the placement. Um, but I just think that being a top 25 guy in the world, they have to put some benchmarking there in terms of DFS to make it a value to the, the sports books. And that's fair. Maybe I'm giving Henley a bit of a rough draw. Um, but I think that what you kind of said is the important part there. I think his price point compared to Norin and maybe even I would even say like an Eric Cole and a Justin Suh, uh, arguably, is is what makes him so standoffish to me. I mean, if he was ninety, you know, nine K, ninety one hundred, maybe I could be a little bit more on board. Uh, but those guys underneath him that I think are arguably similar, if not better, on form current golfers. Um, being cheaper than him, I think is kind of where it gets me gets a little standoffish for me. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at his last finishes, and I know it's in the past summer and whatnot, but eight of his last 10 starts were inside the top 20. So he has great form, no denying his ability, but we can push on. I'm yep. not going to spend too much time, Eric Cole. You already talked about it. He's hit, um, you know, just tremendous in golf. I'm not going to talk about it. I do also like Justin Sub. Yep. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think at this price, he's obviously jumped probably like 1,500 points since the start of uh, this year. But he's made every cut. His last two average placement, or excuse me, his placement being fourth and tenth. He's making all these structures. I think this is a really good event for him. And I think we may see a good push out of Sa. I really do. Um, Poston, you know, he's had one event where he finished third. Good for him. Um, I don't know. But for me... I think Eric Cole is the number one, especially for a DFS at 9K. Yep. I'd go Norin, and then I'd go Henley. But you could argue Suz in there somewhere. I don't know. That's the beauty of it. I I, I would do like I would do Cole Norin Suh, personally. Yeah. But I, but I get it. I get it. Um. All right. We'll we'll run into the 8K range now. Yep. Matt Kuchar all the way down to Alex Smalley. This is a a field that for me, even though it has the likes of an Akshay Bhatia who's proven he can go deep and all these placement points, Keith Mitchell, who I love and I call the goat, Luke List, who's been on a tear. Yep. I'm terrified. I'm I personally there's only I, one guy that I will be targeting in any type of bet, DFS. I just really want to get out of here. And that's crazy to me. I love three guys in this range. So I'm curious who you like. Well, the only guy that I'm fighting for is J.J. Spawn here, oh, wow. which I know is an unpopular name. Um, in terms of DFS play, J.J. Spawn led the tour for 75% of um, last season in bogey avoidance. He was number one. So right away, it takes away a lot of these, and especially with this course. It's going to yeah. be a birdie fest, and it's going to be a don't F up fest. So I think when you take away at least half of that, you're going to get a guy in contention. Now, you take a look at the rounds and the placement that he's had where he's like, oh, 67th and 46th. That's not something you should target for. In that event, he's had combinations of 66s, 67s, and 69s. That is going to lead you to a better position in 99% of events 
than, you know, a Shriners and the Worldwide Tech that were just birdie sausage fests. You know, in this more style event, we're looking and they were between 15 and 20 under. You start your round with a 66, you're already a third of the way there. So I think in this event, you take away some of the metrics of it. And I think he plays well above this 8K threshold, and that's why I'm targeting him. But I can 100% see the case for a Batia, a Mitchell, a List, or even a Horschel. Yeah, I mean, you named a couple of the guys. I, I am curious because I figured you'd be all all around Denny McCarthy um, considering, you know, again, putting contest, third best putter on tour. He is 75th in driving accuracy, and he's made four out of his five cuts here at the RSM with his lone miss cut being in 2020. Um, now, again, similar to Lee to Henley, he hasn't played in a while. Um, but again, I think the fact that he's such an elite level putter in a putting contest is a little different than somebody who's, you know, great off the tee. Because I feel like putting is something a little bit more like riding a bike, whereas, you know, driving an iron play is something that requires a little bit more time, effort, and dedication. Um, he did have three top tens in his last five events um, to end off the year. That is incorrect. So I know where you're getting your information from, but he actually missed two of his last four cuts on the PGA Tour, which is crazy to think. But I have Travelers T7, John Deere T6, BMW T10. Did I miss a tournament? FedEx Tour Championship, he finished 66. Wyndham, he missed the cut. And 50, 151st Open, he missed the cut on. Oh, the Open. I don't see the Open here. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's considered... Um, Major, I don't know if it'll show up on PGA Tour docs, even though it's affiliated, which is a confusing thing in itself. But um, he's All right, so he's scary. Here, I get it. Yeah, so he's, he's three for six on top tens. My bad. Um, but okay. Still so good. I, yeah, but I, I I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, uh, but still, I figured Denny would be a little bit more up your alley. Um, I'm a. I, all right, I like Horschel this week. I think he has an opportunity to do well. His metrics really kind of fit this course well. He's done great on a lot of dink and dunk courses on European tours. What? I've never heard that term before. Well, I, hold on. I'm going to use it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're, they're, they're kind of placement-oriented style tournaments. I'm going to pull it up now, but I need to remember he was he had a bunch of top 20 so far to start this season. Um, over on the European tour. Hold on. Oh, Billy Horschel. Um, that's fine. They don't have him up on PGA tour.com. Um, I'll go to my last guy here. I'm going to go Akshay, um, back to it. I know this isn't exactly a resort specific course, um, as the same way that Bermuda was, um, but he's still been playing so much golf that I do like him this week. He ranks 14th on tour and driving actors or sorry. He ranked 14th last week in driving accuracy, and seventh in greens and regulation at Bermuda. Um, he's got, just got great form kind of coming in. And, again, I could see an easy, you know, T20, especially if he can be your third, maybe fourth guy. Again, Jack's talking about, you know, fancy ways to get around it and, and get two guys up top there. So if you can get Akshay to be your fourth guy, then uh, more power to you, and that's a really good spot for him there. Yeah, and Billy Horschel, just to answer your question, on the DP World Tour, 14th, 20th, 18th, and 45th. Thank you. Yeah, I know he's been playing, but I forgot it doesn't pop up on the uh, PGA Tour app. All right, uh, anybody else stick out to here? I know Brendan Todd's a, a, and again, another course fit. Adam Svensson won here last year. Kucher's um, from Georgia, so you can go there. I mean, he's played really well on the PGA Tour. I don't know. 
it doesn't, got, doesn't do it what, for me. Two top tens last couple weeks. Yeah, and then he's played some uh, world tour events, top 20, and then like a missed cut or maybe just inside the number. But Georgia guy, you could get there if you want to. I yeah. wouldn't say I'm fighting for it, though, just for DFS. I think I think Kucher and Jaeger are kind of similar in the sense that they're they're both options they're, that are acceptable, but I don't know if I'd go to either one as a first choice. That's fair. Okay. Um, all right, 7K range? Yeah, and this is by far the most shocking um, category. So if you're going to tune into any DFS uh, poll right here, I would do it right here. So Chris Kirk, 7,900, and then you can sneak all the way down on the 7K range to Martin Laird. So let me just say right off the bat, Thomas Dietrich is 7,700. Yep. And let me go back to last week to give you a good number of where he was. In DraftKings, he was 10,500. So we're looking at almost a $3,000 discount. Now, I get it. He hasn't been hitting those benchmarks to get to a 10,500 guy. Yep. He's been playing fine golf. I mean, it's kind of a crazy discount you're getting. Um, Camille Vajegas is in here win and a runner-up in his last two. Um, to be honest, still avoiding those guys. Both of them. Yeah. We talked about it before. Whenever a guy wins, there's always a hiccup. Unless you're Tony Fino. Good for you, man. Good for <laughs> you. Whatever. Um, one of the guys that I'm really... There's two guys in here that I really care kind of going for and pushing for. Yep. Number one is Chess and Hadley. Okay. So you take a look at his benchmarks. He is dominated in his last 10 events and dominated in a sense of for 7,900, I think he can get away between 84 and 8,500. This guy is awesome. His last two starts were sevenths. Um, even in scoring events, he's still categorizing and playing really well. And fantasy point average of 91.1. That is ridiculous in terms of DFS. Um, and the second guy I'm really fighting for, I can talk about other guys too, is Matai Schmidt. He's German. Guy's awesome. His last four starts, his worst finish is 38th, and that came at the Worldwide Technology Championships where that was, a, like I said, a scoring sausage fest. So if he just scores what he did um, two weeks ago in any other tournament, that's going to get you placement points in 90% of events. So I really love that 7,500. I think that's a steal, if you will allow me. The only other guy that I think that you could make a case for here in a serious sense is Davis Thompson yep. um, four starts this year? Well, three technically. I don't know why they include um, or they, they four, whatever the case is. Four events, worst finish, thirty fifth. He's played well here, past um, seventy eight hundred. I think he's making the benchmarks um, eight hundred dollars less, or even three hundred dollars less. I'm hoping for a made cut. So if you're getting me placement points, sign me up. Yeah, D Davis Thompson is a Georgia boy. Um, he went to the University of Georgia, so that makes sense. Um, and he was he was somebody that I kind of was like, oh, he'd be an interesting choice um, in my lineup specifically. I, I just can't get to him. Um, but again, I think he's very viable if he fits in your lineup. Uh, first guy I'll mention is Adam Long at seventy five hundred. Um, he's coming off of four straight made cuts, um, each of which has kind of gotten better. He was T thirty five at Sanderson and at Shriners, uh, twenty three at El Cardinal. And then T12 at Bermuda. Um, he's 13th on tour on driving accuracy. Jack's kind of talked about him before because was it what two weeks ago when he hit 100% of fairways? Yeah, he hits the all-time record now with 69 straight fairways. Last week you could put a tarmac on some of those fairways, but still that's a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, so the point being is the guy's got the 
Guy's got some driving accuracy there. The the last guy I'll mention, he's a little bit more of an interesting pick. Webb Simpson at 7,200. He has five top tens at this course. He's made nine of ten cuts here. And he fits the model perfectly with top 50 driving accuracy on tour. Now, what kind of Webb Simpson are we going to get will be the big question. Um, The one time he did miss the cut here, he had some of his worst play that we've seen on tour from him. We just weeks prior to this event. Therefore, it could be fluky and he could be a steal of a price at 7,200. Or Webb Simpson is washed and he's just not the same golfer anymore. Um, It's really up to you which one you're feeling. Uh, but at 7,200, he's a, he's a great option on a single entry lineup if you are trying to be different from everybody else because he could very easily finish top five here as he's done it five well, times. Well, I will be honest, you know, considering that you said 7,200, I thought you were going to mention two other guys, Vince Whaley, who won you money last week, or yep. Brandon Wu. However, there's also a guy I like at 7,200, and his name may shock you. His name is Ben Coles. Ben Coles, yeah. And you're thinking, Jack, why are you liking a 33-year-old that for his entire career has played on the Corn Ferry that has barely scathed anything? Ben Coles, you are a fan. No, I am a fan. Got that wrong. Um, he has been really, really good. Um, you take a look at his stats on DraftKings. This guy has pretty much dominated the Corn Ferry except for like maybe one week. Um, if you really think about it, let me just read you some of his stats. And entire season number one eighth in driving accuracy second in green and reg percentage fourth in scrambling 25th in putting he has um the big stat for me fourth in scoring average and where was it hold on it was like 25th in birdie percentage or 21st in birdie average that is remarkable for a guy at 7200 granted i know he's been playing quote-unquote lesser competition, which we all know those guys will eventually become PGA Tour members. We know how the drill goes. (laughs) But in terms of those stats, that is ridiculous. 7,200, I'm in a fight for this guy all day. Ben Coles, bring me my money. There you go. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that uh, Brandon Wu is probably the the safest, maybe Vince Whaley, but I think Brandon Wu is probably the safest option at 7,200. Um, but again, Webb Simpson, especially in single entries, um, I think is where you have the highest upside for almost winning potential at that point. So, uh, no luck for Padraig. I love him, but he's been struggling when he comes over to the PGA Tour. Hey, it's one of my favorite golfers, my mom's favorite golfer. I'll catch you next week, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it happens that way. All right, into the 6K range we go. Yeah, we got Maverick McNeely, who is, I feel like, still coming to an injury. Um, yep. Davis Love the third. Davis, I love you. I don't know why you keep coming back to the PGA Tour when you're struggling <laughs> on the Champions Tour, but you're a legend, and I love you. Um, this is a weird category for me, personally. I think there's a lot of guys that, at 99% of this, I think we should scathe it over. Yep. Um, I know there's a couple guys that I you want to mention. For me, number one, um, it can be Will Gordon. Will Gordon really played well and really broke through at this event last year. Um, his last couple of finishes, 11th or excuse me, 15th and 21st, and then a slew of miscuts. So caution. Um, Patton Kazire is four for five on cuts this year with a top 15 scathered around placement points, which is really, really scary. 
Um, for some reason, Aaron Baddeley is still 6,700, um, no matter what he does. Um, but there's guys. He's gotten a little, he's cooled off a little bit. Aaron Baddeley is our boy, but he has, uh, not that he's been playing bad, but he's, he, he, he was on a heater at one point, like halfway through last year. And he's kind of cooled off in the last four or five events. So I slightly get it, but I still think it's 6,700. He's a good value. Yeah, and then last thing I'll say um, is Matai Schwab or Matai Schwab. I get he's had a little bit of a hiccups, but he's he's pretty dang good at golf. And yeah. at 6,300, I mean, if you take a look at the events he's really messed up at, Sanderson is not a cop course here. Let's just flat out say it. Fortnite 11th, Shriners 63rd, Worldwide Tech. He missed the cut, which I think he was one under, which again, normal event, you're going to make that. Um, and then Bermuda finished with a 53rd. If you're going to guy four for six on cuts that, you know, 66.67% on making the cut 6,300, you could really drop your lineup down here and maybe get that Eric Cole and Ludwig Aubrey that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, those are a few options. I forget who you mentioned who went four for five on cuts. Um, I know you mentioned them just maybe Kazire. Yeah, Pat and Kazar, correct. Okay. I think he's a he's a viable option. In all honesty, I like Kelly Kraft at 6,700 because he's kind of the same guy but a couple hundred cheaper. Um, if you look at his PGA Tour profile, the guy is legitimately good at two things. He's ranked 40th on tour in putting, and he's ranked 18th on tour in driving accuracy. Um, obviously, those are the two most important things here at Seaside based on my model. Um, and then when you take into account he's 5 of 5 on cuts so far this fall – He's basically locking my lineup at 6,700. I love him as a sixth guy. Uh, if you want it, look, I'm not doing it, and he sucked in 2023. This is like a Kevin Kisner kind of course. It's not very long. Um, you know, some in people. Georgia. Yeah, you're in Georgia. Some people are Kevin Kisner homers. And so if you want to get to him, this is potentially a week to do it. I'm not telling you to, but he has played well here in the past. Uh, last guy I'll mention is Ryan Armour, who's at 6,300, I want to say. Yeah, he just made the he made the cut last week. He's at 6,300 this week. Again, he's third on tour right now in driving accuracy this year. He was first on tour to end last year. Uh, so he's guy just will make a lot of fairways. Um, his biggest gripe is distance. He doesn't need that here. So at 6,300, if you're really trying to dig the bottom of the barrel, I think he's the guy that I would go to. I like it. Um, the only other guy that I think you can kind of get away with is Ben Taylor. Um, yeah, he yeah. is chaotic as all. You can fill in that blank there, but he does make a crap load of birdies, so you can take a gander on him. There you go. Not no, not going back to Biondi? You could, but, I mean, he's proven, you know, that he can finish just as easily in 123rd place. And I, you know what they say, you know what a smart gambler does when they get their money back on something, they leave the table. They don't try to double down because they'll end up fighting for it. Yeah. He's, he's a hundred percent the guy that you would do it on. So that makes sense. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about Malnati. So I'm going to do the same with him. I'm not going back to him at 6,600 because I won my money off him earlier. So, all right. Uh, into the DraftKings lineup. Yes, let's do it. Let me tell you guys, um, much like last week, hold on. Ludwig Aberg, 10,900. Justin Suh, 9,200. Eric Cole, 9,000. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
We okay. were praying for Ludwig and Cole in the same lineup. Now throw a guy even more expensive than Cole. Matai Schmid, 7,500. Love him there. I'm going Ben Cole, 7,200. I'm trusting the process. I'm trusting the data. And then I'm going Ben Taylor at 6,200. I'm hoping for a birdie fest here from some of those guys. Um, ben Taylor can work the ball like an MFR um, coming from Europe. And I think if he gets that early morning tea time Thursday, I think he can sneak ahead above. I don't know the tea times offhand. Um, but I think that he can kind of get past Thursday and sneak into a cut line. Yeah, I will. I will say if we, if 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 I wish, like I wish I knew who's playing at what course already, because I think it would affect my lineup. But because we don't, and because it's Monday, um, I'm just kind of sticking with the lineup I have. You know, if if Webb Simpson's on the wrong side of the draw, I might switch to a, you know, Brandon Wu because I, again, I do think that the weather could have such an effect. Um, that that's a viable option. But for my DraftKings lineup, starting with Ludwig Aberg, 10,900. Second, I'm going to Eric Cole at 9,000. Third, give me Denny McCarthy at 8,700. Fourth, give me Adam Long at 7,500. Fifth, give me Webb Simpson at 7,200. And sixth, give me Kelly Craft at 6,700. So it sounds like we both have really safe options and we uh, would caution betting those safe options. Uh, what do you mean? No, I'm just kidding around. I mean, I took I took four guys I felt very comfortable with, and then I think my my outliers are Denny and and Webb Simpson. I think if Denny and Webb Simpson play well, then I could easily go six for six. I think if they play poorly, I could go. I mean, arguably three for six, depending on what happens with Kraft or Long. I think one of them could end up missing it in worst case, but I I, I feel more confident about like a five for six out of that one. Yeah, my FanDuel, I'm, I'm, I think five for six is realistic. Um, Ludwig Aubrey, 12,100. Eric Cole, 11,100. Justin Suh, 10,900. Matai Schmidt, 9,500. Ben Cole's, 8,600. A lot of tricks. And then I actually switched it to Justin Lauer. Um, okay. I think that last two times I've watched him, he's finished top 25. Last three is top 40. I want to say it was close to. So I think that this guy is a really good understanding of making the cut 6,900 or 7,800 rather. I think he's worth the gamble and I'm going to try it. There you go. Uh, I started out similarly again, same way you did. Ludwig Aberg, 12,100. Eric Cole, 11,000. Danny McCarthy, 10,400. Akshay Bhatia, 9,800. Adam Long, 9,000. And Kelly Kraft at 7,300. Well, Mr. Betts. Um, it's about that time, and judging by the fact that you went three for three, why don't you take it away? Yeah, uh, I, I I felt like I went a little safe this week because, again, I went three for three, and usually I don't go back-to-back big weeks, so I'd love to see it go two in a row to, to see the change. Um, I did Billy Horschel, top 40 at minus 125. Um, I have Akshay Bhatia, top 40 at minus 110. And I have Eric Cole, top 30 at plus 125. I love it. I think Eric Cole is going to surpass that number by 10 placement points, by the way. I think you're looking, I think you're looking pretty. I have a lot of bets because I kept finding value and I couldn't stop myself. Some people might call that degeneracy. Some people might call that something else that I won't mention, but I'm here. I'm livid and I'm comfortable and I'm confident. Eric Cole and Justin Suh made cut parlay minus 110. If that misses, ladies and gentlemen, I will cry. Um, (laughs) Eric Cole is 17 of his last 20 in cuts. Suh is 13 of his last 15 in cuts. 
that includes majors, that includes everything you could imagine. So in a quote-unquote weaker field like this, this should be a, a no-brainer. Um, second one is Ludwig Aberg, Brian Harmon, and J.J. Spawn made cut parlay. That is plus 145. Ludwig has obviously been on a tear. Brian Herman, Harmon, um, ninth in the world, 15 of 16 cuts made, including nine of his last 10. I know it's his first time playing, but at his home course, I think that should be a, a, a nice week. And then J.J. Spawn has made 12 of his last 13. Um, and I think that if he can just avoid those big numbers and really get through it, I think he can make the cut. Um, and I think that's a really good number. Um, Brian Harmon, top 30, minus 145. I'd feel comfortable betting that down to top 20 or even do placement points, but minus 145, you're still getting value on a unit bet. Eric Cole, top 40, is minus 120. Um, that was locked in on a non-DraftKings, non-FanDuel event. I think that prior to starting this, it was almost at minus 200 on some platforms. Yep. Um, Matai Schmid, top 40, plus 110. I really love that. He's hit that in his last four and seven of his last 11, so that should be a breeze. Chesson Hadley, top 40, plus 115. Hit in his last three, six in his last seven, and eight in his last 10. 80% hit rate, you lock that in almost every time. Adam Long, top 40, plus 150. He's known for hitting fairways, which on this course is really impactful. Hitting his last four and six in his last 10 for a value at a plus 150 like that. I think you really got to take those odds. My man, Ben Cole, top 40, plus 225. That is a heater right there, but I'm confident he's hit that in four of his last five and actually 18 times um, in his last 23. So I think that's really good number. I think it's really, really high. I know it's a PGA Tour versus Corn Ferry thing, but I think with all those stats that come into play, that's a pretty good number for plus 225. Brian Moore, your guy, uh, top 40 at plus 175. He's hit this on his last three. I think that's really good form, and I think there's some really good value there. Um, Ludwig Aberg, top 30, minus 175. You could make the case for a top 20, which I kind of locked in with a sprinkle at minus 110. But for minus 175, that's he should hit that. I mean, I just need to see something green, and I'll take any coin I can get. Yeah. Nicholas Lindheim, top 40, plus 145. He's 10 for 10 on cuts this year. Um, and respectively, he's um, 8 for 8 on the Corn Ferry Tour and hitting this number. Um, and I have a note here that I literally can't read because I spilled coffee on it this morning. So ignore that. And then last but not least, Davis Thompson, top 40, plus 112. All right. Uh, are you feeling winners or wildcard picks first? I honestly feel really good about both. So whatever you want to lead. Well, let's go wild card picks first and we'll save winners for last. Yeah, I did hit a wild card pick last week. So let's go two for two. I have a little parlay here. Eric Cole and Ludwig Auberg top 20 parlay at plus four for four. Shout out Wendy's. Um, I'm sure there'll be a special that comes out where they're going to bump it to, you know, plus 500 or whatnot. Um, I think both of those can, both those guys can really finish inside the top 20. I think they have a really good shot. Um, Ludwig, like I said, was like minus 110. Eric Cole was astounding, like plus 180 or something like that to finish top 20, which is crazy. Um, but I think both those guys have a really realistic shot. And I'm hoping that squeaks in because that would be a nice little chunk of change coming daddy's way. There you go. Um, yeah, I, 444 is a funny number. That, that That's a good one. Uh, for my wildcard pick, this is one of the, that, again, I just wanted to, to kind of see and I have met one of my lineups. Webb Simpson, top 20, plus 375. Again, he's played well here previously, so this is a uh, kind of a see-and-see-what-happens-moment. A see, a see uh, 
And this that that one will stay again. He might move out of the uh, out of the DraftKings lineup depending on what side of the draw he's in. But he'll always be there as a wild card pick. So I like it. Well, it's about that time we wrap up and get to winners. I'll be honest. I think I stretched a little bit on my names. I think I picked out two bigger guys on the board. Yeah. Um, but like I said earlier, I think there's a 60% chance it's coming from some of those guys in the 10 and 9K range from DraftKings, and that would be Justin Sub. Number one, he's just played like a rock star, um, five for five on cuts. His last two finishes were 10th and 4th, so he's nearing to that confidence of getting his second win on the PGA Tour, which he already has won. Um, yeah. And then I went Alex Noren. Um, he's been dominating. Two of his last three finishes have been a runner-up and third. I think he's getting a taste for victory again, and I think he's right there. And as you know, Alex Noren can basically put the ball in the middle of the fairway if he wanted to. So I think he's going to have a really good shot at getting some numbers here coming low. Yeah, it's another week here with you picking some solidly big names. Um, I did take one big name um, who, again, I would, I'm very happy with in this, in this week. Uh, first winner's pick is Eric Cole. Uh, my second winner's pick is, again, this is a long shot. Um, if it's not going to be one of these top names, give me Adam Wong. I like it. Um, you like Eric Cole, bit. which is fine. Adam Wong, you don't have a thought on, and that's totally cool. But, no, you like Eric Cole. I just think that Adam Long, um, in terms of a winner's pick, I know what you're doing. For Again, for those who don't know, Liam, does, we, we both do PGA to our fantasy rules. I do traditional where you get three guys a year. He does it one time a year for the most part, excluding yeah. majors because sometimes they're hard. Yes. Um, Adam Long for me is a really good pick in terms of placement winner. Yes. Um, I just don't know if he has what it comes down to on Sunday to really put some putts down and get some confidence in. But if he does, again, I will take pie, egg, fish on my face all freaking day for stuff like that. Yeah. In, in, in a perfect world here, again, I kind of said it at the beginning of the pod, I, I want Ludwig and Eric Cole. Those are my those are my two ideas. Me ideal. too. Yeah, and uh, well, no, because I haven't used either of them yet. But uh, yeah, I'd want Ludwig or Eric Cole as my winners picks. But you know, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to use one guy a year. Um, and on you know, Adam Long's gonna be the guy based on the fact that he's got the uh, the driving accuracy in form right now. Well, um, just for reference, if you really feel confident in Eric Cole, you could do him as a a stroke bet um, to win, which is crazy. For reference. Eric Cole to win by one stroke or more is plus 3,500. If you think he's going to win by three strokes or more, it's plus 9,000. What are Eric Cole's uh, like top five odds? I'm curious. Let me go back. Eric Cole, top five odds, at least at the platform that I'm using. Obviously, I'm not going to cross-reference everything on here, but top five for Eric Cole is plus 700. Which is top 10. 375. All right, that's going to be my new wildcard pick. Screw it. Nah, nah, we'll keep Webb Simpson. I already got Eric Cole as a winner. We're not going to mess with it. Again, I'm very confident in Eric Cole this week, but we'll leave it be. So, all right, everybody, we'll, we'll leave you there. Otherwise, I'm going to want to continue to tinker with my bets too much, um, and I'm trying not to do that. So, we will leave you here. Let's go win some money this week. Enjoy the RSM. Next week, we've got, next week we got the hero. I'm waiting for Tiger's announcement. There's no I, way he's not. I was going to say, Jack, you think he's playing next week, but we we will discuss that more next well, I week. I think it's two weeks, right? Is it two weeks? Yeah, oh, I think it's the 30th of December. You're right. Next week is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We will see you in two weeks for the hero. Deuces. Deuces.